You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's going on, everybody, and welcome into Hog Hoops Live. I'm your host, Curtis Wilkerson. You can find me over at hogsports.com with Trey Biddy, Danny West, and Andrew Ellis. Arkansas absolutely throttled Kentucky in Rupp Arena Tuesday night. We're going to talk about what was a massive statement win by the Razorbacks and how it changes the outlook for this group moving forward. And folks, we got to give credit to Eric Musselman where it's due because he is doing (laughs) some things here that just can't be taken for granted. Let's go ahead and get started. Alrighty, you know all the places you can watch and listen to the show at this point. Be sure to throw us a like, a thumbs up, a five-star review, subscribe. All those things really do help us a ton in terms of expanding our reach to those Razorback fans out there, and we definitely do appreciate it. I mean, man, is there a better feeling in the world than watching the stands empty with four minutes to play in Rupp Arena? If you're a Razorback fan, or really a college basketball fan, because Kentucky's the villain, right? That's what happens with Blue Bloods. That was awesome. Big Blue Nation was trying to beat the traffic out of there last night while Arkansas absolutely embarrassed Kentucky on its home floor. 88-73 to win for the Razorbacks. Uh, listen, it was a dominant performance, a breakout performance that, that I think has been building, it's been brewing, and quite frankly, it's been overdue, but they got it. Really impressive. The second largest margin of defeat by a John Calipari coach Kentucky team at home. The largest win by an Arkansas team over Kentucky since a, a 105-88 to victory in Lexington. Uh, that was in the 91-92 season. Must, man. Eric Musselman's won three straight over the Wildcats. That includes the last two times they've met in Rupp. Of course, the first time was the, the COVID year. Um, and he picked up, you know, this was a great time for Must to pick up his 200th, you know, win as a, as a college head coach. Imagine you know, amassing over 500 wins as a, as a professional coach and then kind of wiping the slate clean, coming over to the college ranks and picking up 200 more in less than eight seasons. That, that's incredible. And he absolutely coached circles around John Calipari last night. He just did. You know, listen, in, in the first half, um, to me, I thought this game looked like a sweet 16 matchup. I was really impressed with, with both teams early on. Um, I'm serious, man. It was some high-level basketball, big-time playmaking and, and shot-making. Uh, two teams really trading blows there. Uh, Arkansas got into the break with a one-point lead at halftime, 41-40. to 40. Uh, You know, defense was optional in the first half. Both teams shot over 50% in, in the first half. It, it was really kind of turned into a shootout, which is interesting because both teams have, have, you know, run to some dry spells and some uneven play on the offensive end of the floor for various reasons. Uh, but both have been pretty solid defensively, but hey, whatever. But, you know, Arkansas, to their credit, they made adjustments and they had things under control from the moment play resumed in the second half. It was funny after the game, you know, Must said he wasn't pleased with the first half defense, and I don't blame him, uh, but he said he gave a spirited speech in the locker room. It probably wasn't for a PG audience, right? But the Hogs turned the heat all the way up when they came out in the second half. They started turning defense to offense. And when this team is doing that, they're incredibly difficult to beat. 
Within the first three possessions, Anthony Black comes up with back-to-back steals and transition dunks. Kentucky has to call an early timeout, uh, you know, just over a minute into the second half. That set the tone. It gave Arkansas some separation, confidence, momentum, kind of zapped the energy out of that building and rub. Uh, you know, and really, Arkansas was in control from there. The Hogs forced nine second-half turnovers. They converted them into 16 points on the other end. That was a game-changer. That was a game-changer. While we're talking about the defense here, um, you know, the statistics sometimes don't tell the full story. Kentucky shot 47% in this game. That's a, that's a good mark. They scored 73 points. That's enough for a team like that to win in their home building. Uh, but for the most part, Arkansas dictated the shots that Kentucky was taking. Right? You know, when their big guys are, are shooting 17-foot long twos, you live with it if they make them. If, if, I love Damian Collins as a player. I, I was hoping Arkansas would get him when he was being recruited. Um, but if he's out there shooting, you know, 17, 18-foot jumpers and making them, eh, you live with it and you move on. And Kentucky did that in some cases, a number of guys. Arkansas was content. It looked like going under ball screens. And again, um, you know, Kentucky hit some long pull-up twos, uh, but you take that because you protected the paint. And that was that was priority number one. But listen, the biggest question coming into this game was whether or not Arkansas could neutralize Oscar Shibwe. It's the defending national player of the year. The top offensive rebound in the uh, offensive rebounder in the country. He's averaging 16 points and 14 boards per game. Um, you know, Arkansas had allowed 66 offensive rebounds in the last four games, so you worry about it, and rightfully so coming into the matchup. You want to talk about guys growing up, uh, maturing, buying in, staying the course. The combined effort of the Mitchell twins absolutely made Oscar Shibway a non-factor. Those guys were incredible, uh, and man, they've come a long way because if you think back to the beginning of the year, you think back to that trip in Europe, neither one of them really made an impact. You know, early on in the preseason, you were wondering, uh, you know, if those guys were going to really be a, a factor for Arkansas, certainly talented enough, but man, they have come on strong and really done everything asked of them. They've done a great job, Uh and they shut Oscar down. 7.7 rebounds for Sheboy in this game. He only took six shots. The national player of the year. He only took six shots. He only made three of them. Two of them were those deep twos, those mid-range jumpers that I was talking about a minute ago. And, and man, you stand back and let Oscar shoot those all day long if it means you keep him away from the rim. He was contained on the glass. And, and quite honestly, he looked overmatched when they dumped it into him on the block. One of the most impressive sequences I've seen this season is when he tried to go up twice in a row on Mikael Mitchell and, and had it returned to sender both times. That's big-time stuff from Mikael there. It was the first time in Oscar Shibway's Kentucky career that he didn't reach double figures in either points or rebounds. He's always hit at least one of those categories. And not only that, Arkansas did a really good job of exploiting him on the other end of the floor. They knew that he was going to hang out in that drop coverage and pick and rolls. And I thought the backcourt for Arkansas did an excellent job of turning the corner off of those ball screens, getting downhill, and making plays in there. Tough finishes, spraying it out, dumping it off, you name it. But they did a really good job of remaining on the attack. They weren't settling for a lot of tough shots. Arkansas was plus 18 in the paint against Kentucky. 
Mikel went for a season-high 15 points on 7 of 9 from the field. A, a funny side note, both Mikel and Makai knocked down. i I, I got to be fair here. If I'm talking about Kentucky taking those long twos, uh, both Mikel and Makai knocked down some some long jumpers there on the wing uh, that really pissed off Calipari, and I thought it was hilarious. I loved it. And, and really, I mean, it, what an offensive explosion by the Razorbacks. You know, one of the more efficient performances I've seen from an Arkansas team, I think definitely this roster, at least with its current makeup, Right? I mean, the Hogs shot 62.7% from the field. They scored 88 points in Rupp Arena. Those are some high watermarks in, in SEC play for the Hogs. Uh, the free throw woes that have been driving people crazy. Listen, Arkansas went into one of the most hostile environments you can go to, uh, and they shot 20 of 24 at the free throw line. That's poise. That's progress. It's signs of growth and maturity in a team. They only attempted nine three-pointers, made four of them. That's solid. And there's no need to hoist those up because they got to the rack whenever they wanted, right? 19 assists to just 11 turnovers. That's all winning basketball, people. It really is. Arkansas shot 72% from the field in the second half. That um, is insane. <laughs> it's crazy. And, you know, John Calipari even ran some zone defense for a few possessions there, which he, he quite frankly doesn't do, and it didn't work. Uh, they didn't have answers. For Arkansas and, and you know for a team that has struggled to score at times and you know we're just thinking back to the last game against South Carolina they went almost seven minutes without scoring a single point against a Gamecocks team that's not very good but they really put it all together in this one and you hope that it continues to be consistent moving forward because if Arkansas is that type of you know that type of threat on the offensive end uh, we know they're going to play defense under must that makes them infinitely more dangerous. It was a really balanced attack. I was impressed with the fellas. I really was. Um, you know, we mentioned Mikel, and he was tremendous. I thought his brother, Makai, you know, he had an underrated strong game, in my opinion. You know, he had four points, but those nine rebounds were huge. And I thought he had the toughest assignment defensively because he was going back and forth between guarding Oscar Shibway and guarding Jacob Toppin. And those are two completely different worlds, right? Shibway's the big bruiser in the paint. Uh, you expel a lot of energy guarding a guy like that. But then, you know, if, if you're playing alongside Mikhail, then Makai slides up to the four and he's guarding Toppin, who's a 6'9 athlete with guard skills. And then you're trying to defend in space and, and keep a guy in front of you off the bounce. That's that's tough. That's tough to do. Um, and I thought he did a really great job of that. You know, Ricky Council, he's still hurting. You could tell that that back was tied on him. Must mention it after the game. Uh, but I thought he really, you know, he's kind of grinded out you know, like the quietest, most efficient, dominant performance I've ever seen. It, it was interesting. You know, 20 points, 5 of 9 shooting, uh, knocked down a couple big threes. He was 8 of 10 from the free throw line, had a 4 to 1 assist to turnover ratio on the road at Rupp. He's not 100%, so that's great work by Ricky, you know. Anthony Black continues to mature. You know, yeah, yeah, he had six turnovers, and most of them were just avoidable, self-inflicted wounds. He admitted that after the game. He knows that's an area he's got to continue to work on, but, man, did he put on a show outside of that. You know, first of all, it seemed, I thought, fairly obvious in, in the interviews. I don't want to assume anything, but sounded like he was dealing with a head cold or something. Sounded all congested. Uh, you know, his knee is still banged up from that collision, at, you know, at Baylor. 
he had a shoe blowout. I think I saw him in at least three different pairs of shoes in this game. Uh, but look, he goes for 19 points, five assists, five steals. You want to know why this dude is a lottery pick? Watch his feel for the game. Look at some of the passes that he makes, the defensive plays that he makes. Uh, and then he was getting downhill aggressively, uh, you know, and finishing. He was great. Devo continued his recent run of strong play. You know, this guy has beaten Kentucky all three times he's faced him in his career. That's awesome. That's a good thing to put on a resume, you know. He's just a winner, period. 15 points. He was efficient, 6 of 11 from the field. I thought Musk brought up a really good point about Devo, um, you know, because he's been shooting and making a high volume of threes. In the last game, he was 4 of 10, you know, 72 hours earlier. But Arkansas didn't need that from him in this game. Um, I thought he did a really good job of being, you know, he's, he's kind of got that unique herky-jerky, slithery type of, you know, game off of the bounce. He did a really good job of getting to the paint. Finishing, he had a season-high seven assists. You want to talk about some high-level passes? He made some great ones himself. Um, he's just a playmaker, you know. And it wasn't his typical, uh, you know, clamp down, completely shut a guy down defense. But his energy and activity levels and, and disruption kind of catalyzed everything Arkansas did on that end of the floor. Jordan Walsh battled some foul trouble again. I think he picked up his second foul at about the eight-minute mark of the first half. Uh, but look, he was able to stay on the floor down the stretch. He was really efficient, 4-4 four four from the field. He looked comfortable. Knocked down a big three, a deep three at the end of a shot clock. He had a late dunk. Sank a couple free throws down the stretch there. So he, wasn't, he wasn't caught up in the moment. He played well. I thought he really settled into the game. I like him off of the bench. I think they might have something there um, in terms of just you know letting him kind of settle in, let that initial adrenaline you know kind of settle down. You get a feel for the way the game is being played, the way the game is being called, and you throw him in there, he's been doing a really good job. You know, so last week, I mean, <laughs> right here in this chair, you know, I was sitting here with you guys wondering, you know, if Arkansas had turned the corner or not. They just beat A&M. Uh, you know, we were kind of looking at these bubble projections because all of a sudden you wake up and these bracketologies, Everybody looks at him, right? You can't help yourself. But then he's got Arkansas in the first four, 11 seed, last four buys, you know, all, all those categories that you want to be in. And that was fair. You know, I, getting on an SEC winning streak by kind of feasting on the bottom rung of, of the conference is one thing, right? You know, battling at Baylor, but falling short, beating A&M at home, uh, you know, getting a, a narrow road win at South Carolina, that's all fine and dandy. Those are positive signs. Uh, you know, but is Arkansas back? Are they back? They proved that last night. Best performance of the year by far, and I don't care what the situation is with Kentucky. Uh, you don't just run the Wildcats out of Rupp Arena if you aren't a good team. And here we go again, you know. I, Muss is a sandbagger, man. He does it to us every year, every single year. We hit that point where we say, eh, I don't know if they're going to turn it around. You know, this year feels different. He's saying it. I'm saying it. And he takes it a little bit further every season. And, and just when you start believing, yeah, this, this one really is different. This could be the down year. He goes and pulls some stuff like this. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's unpredictably predictable. You just you know it's coming. You just don't know when it's going to happen. Eric Musselman thrives on silencing doubters. I've never seen anything like it. 15-1 and one the last three years, uh, you know, in February, that's absurd. And he truly is one of the best in the business. And, you know, I encourage everyone to remember that, you know, remember times like this when, you know, maybe your feelings are getting a little hurt in the moment about his tight rotations or the late clock stall ball that, that people get annoyed by or whatever. Look, Eric Musselman's elite. The man is an evil genius. And like I said, he absolutely coached circles around John Calipari last night. And just, you know, what a massive quad one win for Arkansas. We've talked about how they need to add some bulk to the resume, you know, road wins, quality wins. Well, they kind of killed two birds with one stone with this win at Kentucky, right? Smacked them too, okay? And and that's that's huge for the analytics, the you know, the efficiency margins. Uh, Those are the things that you like to see. It's one thing to get a road win. It's another thing to do it against a quality opponent. And it's another thing to blow them out on their home floor. And, and so you've seen that uptick with Arkansas. So that, that's, a, that's a major significant result for the Hogs. And, and no, it, you know, it, doesn't, it doesn't put Arkansas into lock. They're safe, very safe right now. It doesn't put them into lock status because there's still, there's still too much basketball to be played. Uh, but man, the Hogs did go from having like zero margin for error to having some more wiggle room, right? You know, I, uh, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but you know it wouldn't be a doomsday scenario if Arkansas lost to say Florida or something at home. Whereas you you drop this game at Kentucky last night, uh, boy, you sure don't you want to avoid a result like that, right? So they gave themselves a little bit of breathing room. You can exhale a little bit. They won't exhale because Must won't let them. I can, <laughs> you can as a fan. Okay, you just feel a little bit more comfortable about things now. I think going into the to the game, Arkansas was an 11 seed in uh, you know in Lenardi's projections, and I haven't looked at it, but I saw somebody post on our board that they moved up to an eight, and and kind of passed Auburn, which they should have because they they should have been ahead of Auburn anyway. I understand they lost to them, um, but Auburn's been struggling. They also passed Missouri. Um, they're kind of climbing their way back up that SEC pecking order where they belong in terms of net, in terms of tournament projections, and then also in terms of. Um, SEC standings because they're up to six and five now, right? So how you know how much has this win recalibrated your expectations? Because that's how this works, right? You know, last week we're looking at the rest of the slate, going, well, 
you know, what does it look like if Arkansas wins out at home and, and they lose out on the road because they really haven't been able to figure it out away from Bud Walton? Now you wake up on this Wednesday morning and, and the optimism has risen like the sun in the sky. You know, it, it's like magic. It's funny. You know, none of these remaining games on the road are going to be easy by any means. Uh, but, you know, you at least feel a little bit better about Arkansas's chances now that they've kind of turned a corner. I do. They're playing really well. At Texas A&M next week, that, listen, that's absolutely a winnable game. Arkansas, I thought, controlled that one um, at home last week. But, you know, Muss hasn't won at Reed Arena. And, and the Aggies, quite frankly, are going to be highly motivated after getting punked in Fayetteville. They beat Auburn at home last night. I think they're still like 9-2 and two in SEC play. That's a good team. That's not going to be an easy one on the road. But you think Arkansas has got a pretty decent chance, don't you? If they can go blow out Kentucky on the road, then why can't they do the same thing against A&M? Every game takes its on its own identity. I know that. You know, at Alabama, look, they're the real deal. Just a buzzsaw. And I think that they've kind of received that wake-up call that every good team needs. You know, maybe they got a little complacent there. They got smacked around by Oklahoma, and it looks like they figured it out again. Um, you know, that's going to be a really tough game for Arkansas. If I had to pick like the least likely win the rest of the way, then, then you know, taking down the Tide in, in Tuscaloosa would probably be it. Uh, but those dudes aren't invincible. I don't think anyone in the country is this season. There's a lot of parity, uh, you know, throughout the country. But what I will say is it's going to take an A-plus effort for Arkansas to win at Bama. Now, at Tennessee, the last road game of the year, um, I think it'll be their senior night. I imagine it will be. Could be wrong. Uh, but look, they're they're big, they're physical, absolutely elite defensively. It's an older team. Uh, those dudes can't score. And I think that Arkansas has a legit shot in this one, even though Tennessee is very highly ranked, and rightfully so. Uh, but I feel that way because, you know, based on the overarching styles of these teams, it just feels like it's going to be a close game down the stretch. Like you're going to have a chance to execute and win this game down the stretch. And And, and the reason I'm not quite sold on the Vols is because I just I don't think they have um, the guy who who can just go get them a bucket when they need it. So, look, that's that's a, man Thompson Bowling. That it places a madhouse. Arkansas is playing some really tough environments this year. They're not going to be intimidated by that. I think it's a sneaky opportunity for the Hogs. That's one I have my eye on. You know, even picking up just one of these on the road would be huge in terms of seeding. You know, and positioning for Arkansas, who jumped up to twenty fourth in the net by the way, after beating Kentucky. That's a heck of a spot to be in, you know, at, at this point in, in early February. But you also got to take care of your business at home, right? And, and you know, Mississippi State is is first up. Keep your, you know, they've got their tunnel vision one game at a time. Your antennas should be up for this one on Saturday. Uh, look, it's, you know, it's back in Bud Walton. Uh, the excitement for the team has definitely been rejuvenated. You know, knock on wood, snow and ice won't keep the building from being full for a change. Uh, it's a Saturday game. Uh, you think it would be a madhouse for sure. But, you know, the next new experience for this Arkansas team is how do they respond uh, after the emotional high of a win like they just had? Can they refocus, recalibrate? Can they avoid a letdown? You hear that all the time, but the reason you do is because it's a real thing. We saw it last year when Arkansas had that huge win over Auburn 
it's just such it's such an emotionally draining win. Um, then they went to to Alabama and they were a little bit flat at times there. You go pick up a huge road win at a place like Rupp and, and then you come back home feeling good about yourself. Is Arkansas going to be able to bring that same energy and same intensity? The other thing about this is it, styles make fights, right? And, and the Bulldogs are a pain in the butt. So, you know, don't sleep on the job that, that Chris Jans has done there in his first year in Starkville. Um, of course, he led New Mexico State in the NCAA tournament last season. Y'all remember that game? Second round in Buffalo, maybe the ugliest NCAA tournament win in history. You take it however you can get it. Uh, but 53 to 48, it was an absolute slugfest. That's what he does. And he's already got his prints all over this Mississippi State program. Uh, that's his DNA. Tough, physical, defensive-minded. You know, it, it, He's got the same thing going on in Starkville, you know, minus Teddy Buckets. But these guys are pretty good. You know, top five nationally in adjusted defensive efficiency. It ain't going to be easy to score on them. They're allowing under 60 points per game on the season. They want to play you that type of style in the 50s and the low 60s. That's how they win games because they do struggle to score at times. Uh, this is not a good three-point shooting team by any stretch, okay? Um, they're led by a familiar big man, Tolu Smith, another one of those guys in the SEC that you feel like has been around for 10 years, uh, but he's having a great season. He gave Arkansas fits last year, uh, and, and he has consistently. Big 6'11 guy, he's skilled, strong, tough on the glass, so um, he's probably going to be the focal point. They've got some returners, DJ Jeffries, Shaq Moore. Uh, so, you know, it, it, it's a formidable team here. You know, Mississippi State, hit a, they hit a January rough patch. They were one of the surprises of the, of the season early on. They got a big win over Marquette. I want to say they also beat Utah. Uh, but when those net rankings were revealed, you looked up, and, and Mississippi State was like top five. Everybody was going, what the, what the heck? What are they doing here? Nobody expecting anything of them. And they've come back down to earth, obviously. Um, but they're dangerous, you know, and, and they did, they hit a rough patch kind of like Arkansas did in January. They lost five in a row, but it looks like they've kind of turned the corner and they're figuring some things out. They've won three straight, some good wins in there. They beat TCU. Uh, TCU is a good team. That's a tournament team. They beat them in the SEC big 12 challenge. Uh, they won by 15 at South Carolina. Uh, and then they just beat Missouri handily at home. They, they kind of blew Missouri out, uh, you know, over the weekend. And depending on when you're listening to this, they, they play LSU. I think it's LSU, uh, you know, on Wednesday nights. So they got another game here. Arkansas has got an extra day of prep on them, which is a good thing. Five o'clock on Saturday at, at Bud Walton Arena. Okay. I do want to go ahead and get over into the chat here. I found out just before I started the show, again, if you're not listening to this live, it's it's, it's Wednesday around noon here, but found out right before we started the show that we're actually going to talk to Muss at 2 p.m. this afternoon, um, as opposed to later in the week. Usually, you know, that would be a, a Thursday deal. So um, I definitely wanted to get the show in, but a little bit rushed. So I, I want to go ahead and get over to the chat and see what you guys have to say. Probably excited, right? Z Beeler, my guy. He says, my man, Curtis, what a win last night. What will it take to get a 5 to six seed. Yeah, it was a heck of a win last night. You know, I think for Arkansas to get into that range, um, and I think it's doable, uh, but I, I think you, you know, if you went out at home, because there's some good wins to be had there, aren't you know, uh, Mississippi State, that'll be a quad two. Uh, Florida will be a quad two. Those things help your resume. 
um, you know, Georgia, you, you need to avoid any trouble there. Uh, but Kentucky, you know, they kind of took a, that it's the double-edged sword of, of beating the hell out of them last night, right? Because they were hovering right around that top 30 range, which would have made them a quad one when they came to Fayetteville. But I think they dropped like eight or nine spots because Arkansas pounded them. So we'll see if they get back up there at, at the very least, that game against Kentucky will be a quad two. They could sneak back into quad one territory. So handle your business at home and you, you know, you add some padding to the resume there. Uh, but I think to really get into that, to that five, six seed ish conversation, you probably need to pick off, you know, one of these big road games that could really put you in a good spot. Like if you go win, you know, in Tuscaloosa, you go win um, in Knoxville, then I think that could put you in a pretty good spot there. Yeah, Beeler also says Muscat is 200 to win also. What a place to do it. Yeah, that, that's crazy, man. You know, eight years. He's, it, it's it's just so weird to me. You know, like I said, he just kind of just turned the page, like wiped the slate clean after, you know, everything that he's done. Um, I, I wrote an article recently. I was able to talk to a lot of people that he's worked with, you know, or, or, or coached in the past, you know, in the NBA or in the CBA you know, and, and just, you know, back in the nineties up and until he, you know, kind of got things started, uh, with his college crew. And it's crazy. Some of the things he's done, the experiences that he's had, uh, and for him to just kind of wipe, wipe that slate clean and then just start over as a college coach, which is a completely different world, uh, and do what he's done. It's really been nothing short of incredible. He, I mean, he's, he's a hell of a coach. Jackie Price says the Mitchell twins are a handful. Ain't that the truth? Oscar Shibway feels it. <laughs> I mean, that was, uh, you know, that, that was really impressive. I, I can't say enough about the progress those guys have made. And look, that's why they are here, which is what I think makes it even more awesome that they played as well as they did because it was painfully obvious after that Duke game in the Elite Eight last year that must attack the portal with the intention of we are going to beef up our front court. We're going to add size. We're going to add length. And we're not going to have the Oscar Shibways or the Mark Williams of the world uh, take advantage of us and expose us anymore. And that's not a downer on, on Jalen Williams. He was, he was phenomenal. Incredible charge taker, unique player. But they added rim protection. They added depth. And this is why they did it. And it was the first time that they were really able to showcase that. I thought the, the Twins really stepped up to the plate. Cody L. James says, can't be an episode without... Uh, mention of NSJ uh, word on the street is Mississippi state. Uh, the word on the street <laughs> changes day to day. Um, stay tuned. There's going to be an update on, on Nick, I believe sometime today. Bueller says the Mitchells uh, had their best game as hogs. Walsh also was a factor last night. We keep playing like this and we're going to be a tough out. I agree. They're rolling. Zachary Hall, the best storm tracker out there. Curtis, you're the man. Must for president, woo pig. Appreciate that. Could If Must ran for governor right now, would he win? I think he probably would. Doug Creasy says, I think this, I think the whole team played their best game of the season. Yeah, they really did. I mean, uh, you know, on both ends of the floor, they figured some things out defensively. They took Sheboy out of the game. It was a clinic on the offensive end. They stayed poised. You know, how many times have we seen Arkansas get those double-digit leads, you know, in the second half? They get a little bit comfortable. You know, all of a sudden things get stagnant on the offensive end and teams chip away and chip away, and, and, and then they, they lose these games. 
it's been frustrating. I know it's been maddening for the coaching staff and, and for the guys. Um, you know, not only do they get over the hump, I mean, they just they never let it get dicey. I think that was a really important result. Bueller says, what did you think of the unis? Thought they looked amazing. Yeah, those are sweet. I like those a lot. I, did, I, I guess I didn't realize they had those in the bag. I, I was familiar with some of the other ones. Um, you know, I knew the pink ones were coming, uh, but that was a pleasant surprise. Those look sweet. Cody L. James says, as good as last night's win helps us, uh, we still can't afford to stumble and lose a game. We shouldn't one game at a time. Yep, yeah, we, we kind of talked about that. still important. Gives you a little breathing room, but yeah, you, you still got to handle your business for sure. You don't you don't want this to be, um, you know, a reason why you can have a slip up, right? You want it to be a reason why you can exceed what your expectations were going into this stretch run. Dustin Hoofman says, "Muscleman, the star of adjustments and making the best out of what he has." Yeah. It's crazy. He always finds a way to put the pieces together. It's been impressive. Let's see. Bueller says that pass A B had from the top of the key down to Kell was one of the best I've ever seen. Yeah. I don't I don't think his feet ever touched the ground. Um and man, it was a touch pass. He you know, he caught and whipped that thing in there. That was that was kind of what I was talking about. You want to know why Anthony Black is a lottery pick? It's plays like that. Cause that's you know, that's skill, um, execution. It's also awareness. You know, a lot of guys don't see that in advance, and, and A.B. does. That was, yeah, that was nice. Dustin Hoofman says, will the haters that say this isn't a winning team come out and say this is a tough team, playing through pain and getting the job done when they need it? Yeah, I think that's another important point about all this. You know, this man, they've gone through some adversity and, and some obstacles. And so the resiliency and the toughness of this group has been impressive. Um, you know, obviously they've been down a couple bodies for, for a long time here. And, you know, guys right now, they're warriors. You know, they're just going through it. Um, mentioned AB. He looked like he wasn't feeling well. We saw him hobbling around a little bit out there, but it didn't stop him from, from a heck of a performance. Uh, Mikel still working his way back from that foot. He's not 100% from that. And you got to go out there and guard Oscar Shibway all night. That, that's how you grind it out. You know, Ricky's back, and I'm sure those aren't the only guys, you know, who are, who are going through it. That's part of the deal, right? And, you know, the SEC, it's a war of attrition. Uh, it's a physical league, man. And, you know, these guys haven't had a lot of rest. It's, it's kind of been a weird deal, um, you know, with the schedule. You got back-to-back -back road games, and it's on that short turnaround. So there's not a lot of time for recovery uh, for those guys. But, but the schedule's flipping now, which I think is good for them. I don't think they practice today. I could be wrong. Uh, but I think they're off on Wednesday. They need it. And they've got that extra day of prep going into Saturday. And then instead of having that quick turnaround again for a Tuesday game, your midweek at Texas A&M is on Wednesday. So you get that extra day twice over the course of the next week. And hopefully they can get, you know, feeling a little bit better and, and closer to 100% for the final stretch. It's going to be beneficial for them. Zachary Biller, Curtis, do you think we will give Muss a new contract after this year? I, boy, I would certainly think it'd be on the table. Um, you know, I don't know that for a fact, but I, I would be surprised uh, if, if he's not approached with, with an extension and a raise. Dustin Hoofman says that win also puts us one game out of being a top four seed in the SEC tournament, double buy and rest. Yeah, that, you know, you bring up a good point there. Um, 
you know, what does that look like right now? I, I guess Alabama, Tennessee, and, and A&M are probably those top three. Um, and then I think you got a cluster of teams with, with four losses in the league, Kentucky, Auburn, um, Florida, I think, is in there. And, and you get to play a couple of those teams. And, you know, Arkansas sitting there at six and five now. Um, what are they, like seventh or, or something in the league? I think Missouri's right up there with them. But, yeah, Arkansas's got a chance to kind of climb up there. You would love for them to get that double bye. Um, you know, it's not the end of the world if, if you wind up having to play on, you know, on Thursday there in, uh, in Nashville. But, yeah, that, getting that top four seed would be huge for this team, no doubt about it. Bill Richard says, what do you think will be the final conference record of the Hogs? I believe it will be 12-6. and six. If it's 12-6, and six, that means they go um, – six and one the rest of the way they can certainly do it um man i guess it depends on how healthy they stay those are three really tough road games i I would probably lean more towards an 11 and seven you know maybe go five and two the rest of the way out but look you can't put anything past eric musselman the dude doesn't lose in february so (laughs) i mean all bets are off right Dustin Newman says, also have to give credit where it's due. Those Mitchell twins uh, aren't anyone to be pushed around the post. Love their play, attitude, and nose for the ball. Yeah, those dudes are tough. Mikel was more physical than Oscar Shibway. I mean, Shibway's a monster. And when he ducks in and and uses his butt to seal, uh, man, he can push you out of the lane and into the stands in a hurry. But he was not doing it against Mikel Mitchell. He was a wall in there. Beeler says, still get still get pissed about that Bama game last year. If we get a better call in the last minute, we win. Also, J.D. took a horrible three uh, to end the game, but you live with it. Yeah, that definitely wasn't the best shot selection um, from J.D. there at the end of that game. You'd like to you know, get something going downhill or whatever. But if you remember, um, even after that, I, I think it was off of a missed free throw. Um, but, you know, Devo had – I think it was Devo had a look there from about half court. Um, they had a couple shots to win that game. I, yeah, yeah, you're still ticked about it. So am I. I know Muss is, man, because he talked about that thing up until like the Sweet 16 after it happened. It's going to be really interesting to see um, how amped up they are for this game You know, at Alabama. I think they feel like they – even though it wound up being a 15-point game, I feel like they, they feel like they let one slip away against Bama at home because if you remember it's a two-point game with under five minutes left and they just they'd had you know three threes in a minute and kind of got buried there I, I know they wish they could have that last segment back so they're gonna be fired up for it Zach Van says if Nick Smith comes back and, and that's a big if who loses minutes um man that's a good question I really need to just dive into all like you know get a spreadsheet up and try to figure that out. But, but what I do think, you know, right now for the most part, I mean, you've got, you know, Anthony Black, Devo Davis and Ricky Council nearly playing 40 minutes per game. I mean, they, they almost are, um, you know, and if, and if you just take five a piece off of all three of those guys, that's 15 minutes available, you know, uh, Pinion, for example, got in there for, I, I think five minutes, you know, the other night or last night, um, all of a sudden you got 20, you know, and, and, and then, you know, who knows what you can maneuver some things around, I guess is what I'm saying, um, in the front court as well. So it's not that hard, um, to, to really quickly find more than 20 minutes, uh, for him. And I, and listen, you know, if Nick comes back and he's right, 
Um, I think he'd play more than that. But I also think what you'll see, you know, would be more four guard sets. You know, if you throw him out there with, with Black, Devo, and Council, um, you know, with one of the twins or whatever, that's a pretty formidable group, and, and you're going to have some good spacing there. So, you know, be interesting to see. And Dustin Hoofman says, glad I listened to Trey Biddy and started listening to your analysis of the program. Great job and great shows. Appreciate you. Now, we we love having you guys on, and, and we appreciate the support. As always, I think I got through most of the comments there. All right. Cool. I think we covered it. What a, Man, that was an exciting night. If Look, I hate those 8 p.m. games as a journalist, man, because you're staying up until 4 a.m. writing about it, but... You don't mind so much, you know, if Arkansas goes and beats Kentucky by 15 on the road. So uh, if they could continue to play that well, you know, in these 8 p.m. games moving forward, I would be grateful for that. Uh, but, no, good show today. Enjoyed it. Um, you know, I'm excited because I know everybody else is getting excited about this team again. Uh, they're playing good basketball, which you love to see. Uh, remember, Saturday, 5 p.m. at Bud Walton Arena, Arkansas, and Mississippi State, I think that's an ESPNU game. I'd have to go back and check. Uh, but should be an exciting one. Another big opportunity for the Razorbacks who appear to be turning the corner. Um, we will definitely be back at, at some point next week. We might preview that A&M game. We might come to you, to you after that on Thursday. Uh, we'll just kind of see how the schedule shakes out. But um, as always, appreciate you guys tuning in. Love the feedback. Love the comments. The Q&A is my favorite part about this. Hope you guys have a great weekend. It's been Curtis Wilkerson with Hogsports.com, and we will catch you next time. From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Ha! Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes!